Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And it has been a little while. It's been the dog days of summer, especially for uh, Marshall. But as always, I'm Omar and uh, joining me, my co-host, Marshall. Uh, any, any, initial, any initial words before we get kicked off? Any initial what? Any initial words? What are we going to get kicked off for? What are you talking about? I mean, just our podcast, man. Just like uh, our, our topic. Well, are you saying get us kicked off? No, yeah, I mean, just anything you want to say before we start a discussion. Oh, I, thought, I thought you said before we get kicked off, or like, like, like you're saying, like we're gonna get kicked off. No, no. I was like, what are you talking? About? No, no, no. Hello, everybody. Glad to be back. Bringing you some, some live, you know, some, some live. I don't know. We're getting, we're getting going. We're getting it going. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's been hard. It's been hard to find topics to talk about that everyone else isn't talking talking about. Like, people can talk about name, image, likeness. Which we'll which we'll talk about a little bit too, but just other stuff like scheduling news and just conference realignment. Like, really, not much has been going on. July first, so the changeovers happened and everything. It, it really has been the dog days of summer. I haven't had much to write about, honestly. Maybe that's good. Maybe you guys are, are tired of seeing me tweet about it and tired of seeing me putting on on my Instagram stories. Like, get a life. It's supposed to, it's supposed to be bad boy summer. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I know I'm getting tired of it. Dang, that's harsh, Marshall. That's harsh. All right. Could, could there be could there be a schism in this podcast? We'll see. <laughs> but getting getting started with our first uh our first topic, of course, name image likeness. And we talked a little bit beforehand about some of the impacts of that. One of the more interesting things is uh for you, Barstool. Um, just cold calling random athletes. I don't know, Marshall. What are, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know if they're even cold calling them, really. I think it's more of a I mean, you see they have like some like Google Google Sheets or Google Doc kind of thing, you know, like a survey monkey kind of thing. They're like, sign yourself up, we'll send you a t-shirt, and then you promote us a million times. And it's like, would, if I, would I do it if I was, you know, a no-name D2 athlete? Yeah, yeah, I would. But, I mean, it's like it's like perfect for the Barstool brand, really, you know. I think it's, it's funny. Um, I think it's cool for the kids, you know, you finally get to have a little, because it's like, you know, you're not going to go pro, you know. It's cool to have a little bit of, a little bit of something, you know, a little bit of clout maybe. But I don't know. It's cool. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think Billy Football plays for, um, I think it's uh, Williams out, out in uh, Western Massachusetts. So uh, Billy Football can finally get paid, I guess. I guess that's the, the biggest impact of this. Um, and yeah, I mean, D2 and FCS schools are just like D2, D3, NAIA even promoting bars. I mean, it, it's, it's a win for both parties, honestly, just getting that recognition. Um, so should be great. At the end of the day, it's fun. I will say it's interesting to think about because Barstool recently, remember, they got bought by Penn, right? Penn National Gaming. Penn National Gaming obviously runs a sports book, branded Barstool Sportsbook, right? So it'll be interesting to see because there's still some provisions around uh, athletes being associated, namely with sports betting and gambling, right? So it's interesting to see if there's any repercussions from these Barstool, you know, deals that they have. I don't know what the official lengths of their contracts are, or if there is one at all, or if they're just sending them T-shirts. You know, I don't know what that looks like. But it'll be interesting to say if the NCA brings any repercussions on that front. Um, I think they, I, I totally think they would, you know, just because they're dicks. And then so, so, I mean, we got, I, I mean, hopefully not. You know, I think it's, it's cold-hearted, but I could definitely see that being a real possibility. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I, I don't think the war is over against the NCAA now that name image likeness happened. I mean, I just, I really don't think it is because NCAA will find ways to screw other people. After all, they did uh, a few years back. Uh, there's a Baylor, there's a homeless Baylor player who just, you know, came back from being homeless, came out from being homeless, and um, you know, was playing. He was reserving those good Baylor teams with Art Bryles, 
and they told him he's ineligible for sleeping on a teammate's couch. So uh, the NCAA is still a vile organization. Uh, so we'll just see how they handle it. But Johnny Manziel's out here, you know, talking about how he's getting paid, you know, 50K to sign some autographs. And there's there's been no, not a word from the NCA, right? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's like it's like with the punishments too. Like you see, um, like like lower level schools getting um, like low 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 majors getting slammed for recruiting uh violations, and then like the Kansases, uh, North Carolinas, they're like, oh, uh, the investigation said uh, they they self impose their sanctions, so uh, it, it's fine and everything. <laughs> so I mean. We'll, we'll see. Like, we'll, we'll see with NCAA. It definitely is a step forward. It's exciting. Uh, I'm a sucker for product placement. So if Malik Willis endorses a product, man, you, you better believe I might just I might just buy it. I, I'm just saying <laughs> I'm a sucker for product placement. That's funny. I mean, it's, it's funny. They're all going to have their own, you know, brands with their little initials, probably, you know, like all that, you know, it's like a M and a W kind of thing. You know, they're all going to have those weird little fucking like TB12, you know, bullshit. So yeah. it's really funny to see if anyone actually makes any money off that stuff, you know, because everyone and their mom is going to have some. But anyways. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll be fun. And to be honest, I, I, think, the, I think the whole logo thing is kind of dumb. I'd rather buy a jersey if I'm going to than a, than a branded shirt. Then like, I mean, I would, I would rather buy a Spencer Rattler jersey than that SR snake logo he has. Like, I'm not wearing that in public. Like, no offense, <laughs> Spencer Rattler. I would, I just, I'd rather wear your jersey, honestly. Like, don't, don't yeah, waste the time. You'll never, you'll never catch me in that crimson. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Should I have chosen the, uh, I don't even know, I guess, Bijan Robinson or, uh, oh, the, the Jaden Daniels? Also got that probation in the veins now. Sorry, sorry. I mean, the, the punishment's coming. You, you, know, you know the punishment's coming. What are you talking about? For Arizona State. You know the punishment's coming. For what? For the recruiting violations. During the, during the the yeah during the COVID dead period that that's apparently like big news in in, uh, in college I football right now. That. Oh man. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I'm afraid there's no more guaranteed rate bowl appearances for uh, Arizona State. It's, it's a sad day. <laughs> they can't get rewarded for the eight and four season. <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been pretty much offline the last like three weeks. Like, what happened? You can pretty debrief me here. So apparently, they uh, Arizona State had been recruiting during the COVID dead period, along with like a variety of other infractions. The NCAA is still investigating it, but I do think some punishment. I mean, probation, probably, maybe a bowl, a bowl ban. I don't know. We'll see. Are you kidding me, man? Right when they're about to, right when they're about to show out, they got a nice team coming in. I don't think they're going to show out, but okay, yeah, you you can say that. Aiden Daniels is easily top fifteen quarterback. Oh, he's top fifteen, yeah. But what about the defense and everything? And what about the division running through USC? And not not only Jaden Daniels, but DTR. I'll take I'll take Dorian Thompson Robinson over Jaden Daniels. I'll take DTR over over Jaden Daniels. Look, for someone who's so gun ho on on every mobile quarterback that ever has ever lived, I'm surprised you give so much hate to Jaden Daniels. Dude, I just named another mobile quarterback that I love. Dude, I love DTR, man. DTR is good. You hate you hate you love all of them except Jaden Daniels. He's the only one. <laughs> I don't. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. I just. I just underrate him. I underrate him. And get you fired up. I, that's all I do. I underrate him. And get you fired up. I, I think it's funny. I think it's funny. Honestly. Wow. Hey, we'll we'll now see that, though. Now that I know. Now that I know that, I'm just gonna turn my video off. I'm just gonna go to bed. Really. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll see. I'll, I'll be quiet about DTR if Jaden Daniels beats UCLA, which is a very real possibility. Honestly, I think I bet they're favored in that one. Uh, very real. That's more. It's more likely than a real possibility. I'll tell you that. Okay, we'll see. I mean, this might be Chip Kelly's breakout year. Like honestly, this he's had three years to work with it. Work with the broken well, he's program. Had like, he's had like five different teams tell him that every year is his breakout. Year. Come on, I've I've been reading the Eagles say it's his breakout year this year. Still. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, come on, man. He was working with different athletes in a different system with Jim Morris, uh, pro style. Like, think about it. They went from Josh Rosen one year to running Chip Kelly's offense the next year. The athletes weren't there for it. I mean, DTR was a freshman in 2018. Before he's ready, before he's ready for Arizona State, I want to see him beat like, uh, I want to see him beat anyone in, in the Sun Belt. You know, I mean, I'm not going to be, I'm not convinced he can beat any single team at all, really. I mean, they, they, they almost beat UCLA or USC last year. They, they had a almost, few good wins. Almost, oh, almost. They had a oh. couple. They had a couple of good wins. All right. Hold on. Just, just like you guys almost, just like you guys almost beat USC. Almost. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You give us no credit, give them, and you're going to give them like full credit for it. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah, this is what that is. All right. All right. My bad. I'm sorry. All I got to say is this hot take. I'll be saying this on every pod until the game happens. Army's beating Wisconsin this year. It's going to happen. I, I, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin, think about it. What's Wisconsin style? They're not going to throw the ball. Yeah. I mean, you come in there, I mean, run them, de- run them to death, burn down the clock. What are they going to do? They're not going to be able to fucking get that ball down into the end zone with a minute left. Come on, man. Army, it's a perfect matchup for them. Yeah, take it. Just take that bet. Take that. I'm telling you, take the bet. No army. Also, hammer the under. Probably hammer the under in that game. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that because think about it. That's what everyone's already thinking. So the under is probably going to be super low. Think about it. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking from like a value perspective, they're probably going to, because everyone's thinking that everyone's going to say, oh, this game is going to hit an under. So they're probably going to set the under at like 15 points or something, you know? I'm saying high 30s. High 30s, I think. No way. I think it'll be high 30s. If it's high 30s, you hammer that under. There's no way they put that thing at high 30s. Well, okay. Well, you got, you got Graham Mertz throws the ball like better than a lot of other Wisconsin quarterbacks beforehand. And there's also that cushion period beforehand. Where say Wisconsin puts up points on the board all the way up to, up until that game in mid October, like say they're averaging like thirty points a game, I, I can see the the over under being like 38, 35, around that range. Thirty eight. I'm gonna bet the house. I'm gonna I'm gonna take out all my savings. I'm gonna liquidate my four hundred one k, and I'm gonna put that. Okay, <laughs> we're we're on, we're on video, Marshall. We're on video. Yeah, good. Okay. Good. All right. I want, I want to see you do this then uh, on the over if the if the over under is under uh, what, what's the point mark you're gonna you're gonna okay, hold if the at? under if the under over under is at between thirty eight and forty two I will put I will put five thousand dollars on the under oh that is a very I don't <laughs> Marshall I don't think that's a good idea then because that is a very real possibility that the over under that the over under would be thirty eight because Army allowed fifteen points a game last year on defense. Like it's a very real possibility that's that, that that's the only stat I knew. That's too high stakes, man. That's too high stakes. Like I'm telling you, I'm it, telling it, you, it gets the people going. <laughs> All right, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. It gets people going, but um, you know, you know what also gets people going? Okay, well, then, how about this? I'll do it. I'll do that if we also get call it five retweets. Okay, so so it's five five retweets that you bet the under if it's between thirty eight and forty two. Yes, and okay. for every and for every retweet retweet above five, I'll be betting two hundred dollars per retweet. 
I like that. That's kind of a that's kind okay. Of a All right. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll put that. That'll, I'll put that for the outtake. All right. Okay. You have it here. Army Wisconsin, a bet for the ages. I I think it's ill advised, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so, twelve. The other big thing, other than name, image, likeness, of course, is a playoff expansion that is mostly, I guess, done is and, and is in the works to twelve teams. So, Marshall, I want to ask your thoughts on that. Um, just from, a, I guess, all perspectives, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you've heard me parrot this this take many times. The playoff has got to be expanded, and you know what? It is no better day than, than the present, right? I mean, when you're giving these teams a little chance to finally show out, man, I mean, I have no words, but, but good, I mean, nothing but good things to say, really. I mean, what's what's the downside? We have increased parity. We have increased, you know, I mean, we're going to have better, we're going to have more games. We're going to have better, I mean, I guess maybe net, there might be less games. So then they say they're removing a few bowl games or something like that to compensate. So, it would, you know, tear in our eye, but I'll, I'll take, I kind of, I'll take the playoff for a little bit of sacrificial bowls there. I mean, I don't know, man. I think I'm really excited. I'm excited to see how it turns out. We'll see because it's like if they structure it correctly, right, we're going to have a guaranteed group of five team. Like that's incredible because the top group of five team, like take the last five years, six years, they definitely have the stuff to be, a, you know, any of the outside of the top four by, by all means, right? I mean, you know, last even last year, there's several several group of five teams that probably were better than the top, some of those top outside of the top four, right? I mean, this is this is exciting. This is a great day. We'll see. Maybe the only thing we have next is relegation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I'll first, I'll start off with saying I'm excited for expansion, but I think twelve right, is too much. Gap is? Skip to the downside. Twelve is oh. too much. I think I think eight would have been perfect. I think eight would have been perfect. Add another round. You have a room. You have room for a couple more G five champs. A couple of G five champs. But again, man, I'm a sucker for the bowl games, especially the granddaddy of them all. If, if the Rose Bowl gets taken off on New Year's Day, man, it's gonna be a sad day for me. It's gonna be a sad day for a lot of people because are they saying it will? Well, I mean, just think about the logistics of it. If the Rose Bowl wants to be a semifinal, they're doing like. The, um, I guess, semis to, I guess, maybe like the third Saturday of December. So you got the quarters, the 12, the 12 team quarters on the, on the third Saturday of December. And then let's see the following week, you have the quarterfinals with the eight teams and the semis would be probably, I don't think it would fall on New Year's Day if the Rose Bowl still wants to be a part of that, you know. So that's a scary thing for me. It's, it's very scary for me as, as a Rose Bowl enthusiast, um, you know. It's very scary, but I think 12 is a lot just in the logistics sense. Like, I think the more the merrier, as long as, as they find a way to figure it out. And people are going to call me a fuddy-dud, you know, for liking the Rose Bowl so much and, and thinking it as the sort of center of college football. But think about this. On a nice New Year's Day in 1902, college football's postseason was born. We wouldn't have a playoff if it weren't for the Rose Bowl, if it weren't for that fateful New Year's Day back in 1902. So anyone that, anyone that doesn't give the Rose Bowl its due respect, I'd say, you know uh, – Show some respect, you uh, young whippersnapper. <laughs> uh, well, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a call. It looks like I'm, I'm calling really quick, Mr. Naismith. Yeah, I want you to tell him that 68 <laughs> games is too many for the for for the March Madness. I want you to tell him they need to cut down from 68 teams to to about two. Okay. Well, hey man. Well, here's the thing. The more the merrier. That's cool. Yeah, the more the merrier. Yeah. No, I'm saying the more the merrier as long as it works with the Rose Bowl. That's that's what I'm saying. You know. Um, and it might, and even then, if like the Rose wants to stay on New Year's Day, then time might pass him by. The times might pass him by because you, back, you mentioned James Naismith in college basketball in the 30s and 40s. What was the big tournament? 
Madison Square Garden, Manhattan. The NIT was a huge tournament. In fact, there was a time when Marquette turned down the NCAA bid to go to the NIT. That's how big that that's how big the NIT was. And now people laugh at the NIT. It's like if your team wins the NIT or goes to the NIT, you're a straight up joke. But that's not <laughs> how it used to be. I, I don't think the Rose will get to that point. I think they'll figure something out. But it's just like there are a few things that stand the test of time in society. But New Year's Day at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. At the same time, though, it's like if if it doesn't fall on New Year's Day, then no game falls on New Year's Day, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's which, true. Which isn't necessarily, I think, the end of the world. It's like if it's still in that, you know, that week period around that. And then if it's constant, if it's still one of the final, you know, two or three or four games. Yeah, I don't think that's any disrespect to the Rose Bowl by any means. All it is is just a little shift in the system, just to reflect a little bit of what people want. I don't think that's the end of the world. Well, the Rose will try to do that, man. I mean, like in 2002, we had the Miami Nebraska national title that was the Rose Bowl that they had in like on a Monday night at night in Pasadena. Same thing with the greatest college football game of all time, Texas USC back in 06 and that Rose Bowl. That was the Rose Bowl. And it was great that it was at the Rose Bowl, what it, but it wasn't exactly the Rose Bowl, you know? Like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think I think the fact that it's at the Rose Bowl and it's a big time game, you know, it's one of those final games. I think that's what makes it the Rose Bowl. I don't like. I don't think it necessarily needs to be on New Year's. I just don't. I, I don't know, man. Like we'll, we can go back and forth on this for a while, but it's just like that day. It's like think about it. It's like it's like you say the same thing. It's like something happens on Thanksgiving Day. They decide it's better for families not to watch football on Thanksgiving Day. And they say, okay, we can have it on Black Friday, though, or like with NBA on Christmas Day. It's like, yeah, people are, are busy wrapping presents, but we'll just do the next day. We'll do Boxing Day instead. We'll, we'll do Boxing Day instead, and we'll play the games then. It's just something will feel different in those situations. That's the same thing with the Rose Bowl. Um, I don't know. I think what, like, for me at least, right, like growing up watching the Rose Bowl, it honestly never really occurred to me that it's on New Year's. What it occurred to me was that it's a big-time game at the Rose Bowl. You know, it's like they have the parade and they're doing the theatrics and they got the big time teams and they got the top crew calling it. You know, that's what makes it. It's about the people and the, the environment. It's not about the day. I'm, I'm saying I, th- I think it is about the day. I, I mean, to be honest with well, you. What about this? What about this? We'll make it and it's going to be on whatever day it's going to be on, right? And then we'll just we'll get we'll bring back the poinsettia bowl and we'll put that on New Year's. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> you don't have to go there. You don't have to go there. That was uh, that was an elite bowl, man. That. That's a tough spot. That was actually one of my favorite bowls. Uh, I, I mean, it, it was good. It was electric at times, um, especially, I, I'd hate to say this as, as an Army fan, but the 2014 point, a point set of bowl coming down to a last second missed field goal against San Diego State for Navy. Um, no, that was a good game. But, you know, we'll, we'll just see with, this bowl, with the bowl system. I, and speaking of bowls, too, I do think there are other big losers in the bowl in, in this new playoff system. And I would say it's the group of five conferences, particularly those that are trying to be in the – in FBS in the coming years, particularly the WAC and the Atlantic Sun. Um, and it's tough because they said that they might eliminate four to eight bowl games. So that's about 16 teams uh, missing out. And to, like, let's be real. Like if you're not, if you're not the American or the few teams that contend each year for the New Year's six out of the mountain West, which has mostly been Boise state, a couple years, Fresno state, um, who knows if coastal Carolina and, and Louisiana will be a multi-year thing. Your money comes from, well, yes, the playoff earnings, but also from your appearances in pre-Christmas bowl games. And the bowl games that will be the first to go are those pre-Christmas bowl games. You know, you're, uh, I'm trying to think of, I guess, like I guess the Myrtle Beach Bowl would be one of them that that goes away. Maybe the Mexico Bowl. 
Yeah, maybe yeah, the New Mexico Bowl too. Like a lot of those middle tier bowls, and those bowls are really good deals. Like there, a lot of the TV slots during bowl season are very optimal for group of five teams, unless it's like a crowded day, like the like the first Saturday of bowl season when you have games happening all at the same time. A lot of these are optimal TV slots. And you kind of saw group of five conferences taking advantage, or at least a group of five conference, a conference USA, taking advantage of bowl appearances. Like almost a quarter of all bowls had conference USA teams. I think they sent seven teams, a couple of losing records to these bowl games. They lost all of them, but it was still huge for the conference to get those TV slots. I mean, because there really isn't much. Like, are you going to watch a Christmas story um, for the 10th time on, on TBS? Uh, Home Alone's great. But I watched it only yeah, once. Yeah, like though. people don't. Yeah, I mean, people people still tune in, but I mean, for sport- you don't want Charlie Brown's on there. You're watching that every single time. Oh, every single time, but that's not that's not during bowl season. That that's not during bowl season. Cool. I'm just saying. Well, I'm saying it's this. The like, same principle. It, it is the same principle, but um, I mean, I know I know you view the the playoff expansion as a win for all, but I can't help but look at conferences that really have been shut out of the New Year's Six, like Conference USA and and the MAC. And well, yeah, sure, the Sun Belt. But at the same time, now those those conferences are going to have a much better chance to actually get what they deserve. Okay. Think about it. It's like you get a conference champion out of the MAC that's finally like one year they're better than everyone else. They're in. Yeah. Okay. That's true. But that's only like again, like with that logic too. It's like then, yeah, they they should have. Okay, if they're if they're better than let's see, there's ten conferences in college football. You have to be it's a top six, right? The top six ranked uh, conference champs. Okay, then the Mac has only been that guy. They've only been that guy in one year, in 2016. Same thing with the Mountain West and Boise State. They've only been that guy. Yeah, but guess what? That's one more time than they would have ever been in the playoff before. Okay, well, yeah, that's one more time. But I'm saying that that's more like the exception and not the rule. And that's why it hurts these conferences in the long run, money-wise and TV appearance-wise as well. uh, Because you're not getting those appearances. I I mean, well, because... well, but think about it this way. Thank you. So you're taking the top six ranked champions, right? I mean, look at this last year. Pac-12 was their top champion ranked. Um, shoot, yeah, Oregon. Their Oregon wasn't even ranked coming in the Fiesta Bowl. That's what I'm saying. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like you could have had two group of five teams potentially. Like in years like that, like you could have, you could have, you know, a Coastal Carolina. You could have maybe you have maybe somehow a Liberty sneaks in at that point. You know, like who knows. Who knows? Like this, that's cool. Okay. Like who was the who was the Mac who was the Mac team last year? I forget that was that was on fire too. Like you know, you oh Buffalo, have, yeah Buffalo, right? Like some of these champions, dude, they're they're ranked decently, and it's like you get a Pac-12 that implodes on itself. I mean, think about it. Any like okay, I'll say the SEC, they're probably going to be in every year, right? They're going to have a team. Let's think. Um, Pac-12 liable to blow up. Big 12, Big 12. You know, Iowa State, you know, they're looking good. They're probably the top, you know, the top team looking good there. I mean, you're going to have an Oklahoma. You're going to have, you know, maybe you'll have a Texas. Maybe you'll have Oklahoma State. They might, but I can see a case in which they don't sometimes. You know, ACC, if Clemson, you know, depending on what ha- how Clemson starts looking in the next few years, they if they don't have a Clemson, who knows? Who knows? Maybe a, maybe a, a 20-ranked UNC is their champion, you know? Like, it's just, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Yeah, okay. And, and I, I will agree with that. I mean, I will say it's hard to say, but as of now, the money for a lot of group of five schools are, are in those bowl games. And I, and I can't help but think that the whack and A-Sun, this, this might hurt them 
their desire and their viability to move up to FBS because if they're cutting out bowls now, and again, that's just a rumor, them cutting out bowls, but if they cut out bowls now, what makes, I mean, I, I just don't think that bowl expansion is likely um, in the next few years, which means like these conferences come up and they know that money's in the bowls, like, cause out of the whack in A-Sun, like Liberty, that's going to be every single year for Liberty, but the second place team in the A-Sun, like a Kennesaw State um, or who else, whoever else might be there, Eastern Kentucky, the money's going to be in that, you know, before Christmas bowl. And with that in mind, like a lot of like cities could be missing out too, because every, every few years like new cities come up and there's plenty of cities especially within these two conferences footprint that make a lot of sense like i mean for and they can partner with other group of five conferences too like um louisville that's one that i've been thinking of east carolina eastern eastern kentucky excuse me eastern kentucky is about an hour and a half away from louisville you're telling me that they can't get a um, like a six and six miami of ohio school that's like two hours away they meet up in louisville for the for the bluegrass bowl presented by louisville slugger before the bowl game, you get your you get your bat made at the Louisville Slugger Factory. That's an amazing tourist experience. Same thing for like you know Little Rock, Arkansas, called the Civil Rights Bowl, the the Little Rock Nine Bowl. You know a little bit of history in that, and then you get Central Arkansas versus Arkansas State. The people in the people at Central Arkansas are only thirty minutes away. They'll pack they'll pack good old War Memorial Stadium for that. There's money to be made for these towns, um, and even then, something I was looking up too in in the WAC. Could be hard in the whack because all the destinations are pretty much taken up. But the Arizona Bowl, I can see the Arizona Bowl like maybe saying like, okay, if we if we bank on New Mexico State winning the whack one uh, a couple of years, which again I, I do say I do, I do say it's unlikely if they bank on it. But the biggest gate draw in Arizona Bowl history was the 2017 game with New Mexico State. It wasn't it wasn't the game with Air Force, a national brand. Um, and plus two, like imagine getting the Atlantic Sun Champ, the A Sun Champ, Liberty. Liberty travels well. In 2019, the the best selling home game, or I think the second best selling home game, yeah, I think it was the best actually. Well, needless to say, Liberty brought 23, Liberty drew 23,000 people to Aggie Memorial Stadium. It outdrew the UTEP game at, at in Las Cruces. So Liberty, I'd hate to say it, and people are gonna are gonna come at me at it, but if you're a Group of Five school, Liberty is probably a bigger brand than you are, and that's that's just the way it is as of now. There's, there's really marketable opportunities with bowls that are going to be limited by playoff expansion and going to hurt these smaller conferences in the, in the group five. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just think it's offset by the fact that you're going to have group of five teams in the playoff, and they're going to be beating good power five teams. Like, I truly think that offsets it, because if you can start playing <laughs> your team, like, I guess in terms of money, sure, it'll hurt teams. But in terms of recruiting, the fact that you can point to a group of five teams beating power five teams in the playoff, I think there's no selling point like that. Like, there's nothing you can beat that. I mean, it's like, if you're finally at the point where a UCF or where you're at, you know, a Boise State, or you're at the point where these teams can consistently go tell their recruits, they're like, yes, we get into the playoff and we win. There's, you can't, you can't compare to that. Like, you can say, yeah, you're going to lose a little money by not going to the Outback Bowl, but it's like, Come on, man. Like, you, you want to play in a big-time game on a big-time stage. And that's – you can't do that. Dude, it's going to create some crazy parity in some of those schools that actually can compete. You know, a Cincinnati – like, think about it. A UCF, Cincinnati, Boise State, maybe Houston. I can see instances where Houston especially can benefit, you know. I mean, obviously, you'll have Coastal Carolina in the next few years. They'll probably benefit a lot from it, their recruiting standpoint. I mean, 
there's a lot of teams, man, that are going to be able to beef up their recruiting quite a bit just from having the opportunity now, a fair opportunity to compete on the national stage. That's crazy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The recruiting like bonus is huge. Like, especially if you make it, if you make a run one year, having that banner uh, playoff participant, CFP participant, but I will say this part of the problem of college football today is that the playoff has become the end all be all of college football. And, uh, and I'll add an anecdote. Because I remember, I remember random games like the back of my hand, you know, where I was in that exact place and stuff like that, and just like the exact scenes. Uh, Twenty eighteen Camellia Bowl. You have Eastern Michigan going to their second bowl since the late eighties. <clears throat> Excuse me, playing Georgia Southern and Eastern Michigan. They they drive for a touchdown, but Georgia Southern responds. And after that game-winning kick with no time left, yeah, Chad Lunsford, like he immediately went to his knees and crying. The Georgia Southern fans rushed the field, and it was a really beautiful scene, man. Like, tears of joy on the Georgia Southern sideline and agony for Eastern Michigan, who hasn't won a bowl game since the late 80s. And it's like, you're telling me that, I mean, the only stories you should be covering is, like, the the playoff, you know, the end-all, be-all is, like, if you make the playoff, you, uh, you're you worth something. If you don't make it, you're not worth anything, and it's not a good story for your school and everything. Like, maybe some schools a lot – I'm gonna stop you there. I don't know if that's if that's the story at all. Well, what what is the story, or what, what do you mean? Well, so I'm saying like the fact that you could have the chance to get in the playoff is the benefit, not not okay. the fact whether you do or you don't. But it's like now the mere fact that you have the opportunity to, because now it's like a program who in the past would have been able to, you know, UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, you know, X Y Z, those teams. Even though, even if you don't make the playoff, like the fact that you're now competitive and your competitiveness can be seen on a national stage, that's the win. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. And But if these bowls get eliminated, eliminated that's like, right. you know, at least one or two of, the, of moments like that every single year just disappearing. Um, all for the sake of the playoff, just the playoff being the ultra visible. It's like... I feel like a lot of conference races uh, get ignored. A lot of exciting conference races get ignored by because they're not involved in the playoff or the New York New Year's Six talk. Um, like, I mean, I can't really find any examples, really, but uh, I guess maybe this year, too, when you had, like, the Mountain West race, when you had um, uh, I mean, what should have been a nationally important game. I mean, really was in Nevada-San Jose State on Friday night, December 11th. Like, that that right there was for a berth in the in the Mountain West title game, but largely ignored because had no playoff implications, had no New Year's Six implications. Doesn't matter to the to the college football public, and I can say that about a few other things like games in the Pac-12 as well. Um, you know, you have Pac-12 title games happening on network TV on a Friday night that people aren't really you know caring about because there's no playoff implications. So I, I guess that's where I'm going with that. And if the Ace on the Mountain West do come up. Uh, I'm sorry, not Mount West, A-Sun and the WAC do come up. It's going to be hard for them to, I mean, I guess, have these bowl games as well because, I mean, the MAC, I mean, other group of five conferences aren't going to relinquish their bowls. The Power Five, most as heck, aren't because you saw SEC teams going to bowls with two and eight records or getting invited to bowls, and the SEC didn't didn't deny them from participating. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, I'm just saying it's going to be hard for these conferences to really find, like, you know, find the spotlight and especially, I guess, profitable experiences um, and some towns really miss out too, but you know, we'll, we'll just see. Well, then maybe at the end of the day, it's like your beef is almost more with like the American people for like just not being aware, like conscious of some of these great games, you know? 
But yeah. it's like I don't yeah. I don't think the playoff necessarily deserves any any hate for that. I mean I, I see what you're saying, like if some of these games are eliminated, sure, sure. But at the same time, I mean it's some unprecedented opportunity for those teams. And it's like maybe then if you know, because at the point where it's like a San Jose State Nevada, you know, San Jose State was ranked nicely, you know. And so it's like maybe you get to the situation where it's a San Jose State versus a ranked, like a very well ranked Boise State right yeah that does have playoff implications then people will care you know and it almost does bring that stage to some of those games okay yeah so yeah i guess maybe my beef i guess yeah i think my beef was with the college football fan really how i and mostly the media because the media drives a lot of and i say that ironically as we're making a podcast i guess be the change you want to see in the world (laughs) but the media drives a lot of that discourse about the playoff and stuff like that where like some really electric games like um like this Saturday, the game where Jared, like, or this the season, the game where Jared Patterson ran for four oh eight, like that against Kent State, that should have been one of the most, like, one of the most talked about games of the weekend. Um, you know, because you got, yeah. oh, what was it? Yeah, well, what were you saying? that like almost like SEC bias. You know, you're on ESPN, all you hear about is Alabama. You know? Yeah, like, like I think I think that same weekend, if I'm not mistaken, I think you had like Michigan versus Penn State, and this might be an inaccuracy, but there was a weekend where like. Michigan, like Michigan and Penn State, both like Michigan had one win. Penn State was like 0 and 5. Like, I mean, that game was like more talked about than a lot of more consequential group of five games that weekend, you know. And, and I go back to that that Buffalo Kent State, like Dustin Crum of Kent State. I mean, he's he's kind of a household name because um, he's going up on draft boards. But him against Jarrett Patterson, like that was one of the most electric games of the weekend, but largely ignored because it, I mean, it's in the MAC. It had division race at hand. Two of the like biggest stars in college football so my beef is with the college football fan but um again i say the more bowls the merrier even teams are losing records because i'm a i'm a man i'm a man of uh, i'm a fan of the american capital system and it's not perfect and i know people are going to come after me about this but bowls reflect the goodness of the american capitalistic system i'll say have you seen on twitter how those people are like they're like oh how, how do we like capitalism get to the point where the ocean's on fire and garbage like that yeah, I'm like, okay, that, that's that's more of a you government problem. Part? You don't know the funny part? That oil <laughs> rig, that oil rig in Mexico that is leaking that oil was a state-owned oil drill. <laughs> hey, it doesn't fit the narrative. doesn't fit the narrative, Marshall. Don't, don't say that. You don't hear that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying they're saying <laughs> capitalism is to blame here. I'm saying, no, the Mexican government's to blame. That's your, that's your socialism at work right there. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah exactly. Like, I mean, before we get off, like before we um, get more into the capitalism and stuff, like you, you got a, you got a small town, and like I was I was talking to my sister. I was looking at I was mentioning a, an obscure bowl. I was just on my phone looking up the list of like bowls that exist right now. And there's like a couple of Division Two bowls. One of them's in Excelsior Springs, Missouri, and that's a town of like twelve thousand people. It's near Kansas City, but it's a town of twelve thousand people. And I'm just like, I'm like, get a load of this. I'm like, what if I made my family every single year go to the Mineral Water Bowl in Excelsior Springs, Missouri? I mean, that <laughs> it's, a, it's a possibility because it's a bowl game that exists. And the people of Excelsior Springs, I bet they're proud of that bowl game. And they're proud to bring tourists. And like, you know, let's show, let's show people what Excelsior Springs, Missouri is all about. You know, that, that's what we're losing. You're probably right. You know, that, that's what we're losing here. Like, even then, like here with the New Mexico Bowl, like, I mean, you've seen the commercials and like, uh, before I moved to New oh, yeah. Mexico, like before I even knew. Let's not pretend for a single second, like anyone in New Mexico is proud of the New Mexico Bowl. <laughs> Any New Mexico Bowl game, you go to those games, you see there's about three people in the stands. <laughs> Let's not go there. 
Well, I'm not saying they're proud, but like before, before I moved there, before I moved to New Mexico, watching the game in Massachusetts and like seeing like I think it was like one year there, like Fresno State and Colorado State, and they show like the red and green chili and like the end zones were red and green. It's like you know red and green. It's like that's a big question down here. So like when I moved a few years later, I, I knew about the chili all because of bowl games and everything, all because of the tour, the touristic value of bowl games. So that's what we're losing. Save the bowl games. Save the bowl games, people. Agreed. I'll tell you what, man, they have an underrated stadium there. So I think as a venue, like not the venue itself necessarily, but the geography of the venue, you know, I think, what is it, like second or third most elevated stadium? Like, yeah. That's cool. I, I think that's cool. I'm very underrated. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I, th- I think um, I think uh, New Mexico should have more of a home field advantage than they do. But then again, every team in the Mountain West really plays an elevated stadium. And they're not even like the highest. Like Wyoming's at like 7,000 feet. And I, I just don't. I think Nevada's is Nevada the highest. Maybe? Um, they they might be. I don't know how high Reno is, but I, I know that like Wyoming, like it, it's pretty high. Or maybe uh, I don't think it's Nevada. Maybe Utah. I think I don't. Know. I don't. Know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure, but yeah, exactly. Like all yeah, those stadiums. One of the, there's one. that's just. I don't know. Yeah, like like all of them are just like elevated. It's not as much as a home field advantage. Yeah. Um, I just think stadiums in the mountains. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's got great scenery. Good old Dream Style Stadium. Great place to have a bowl, which might be eliminated. Um, but, again, like, like we'll see with this with this bowl expansion. Uh, the the Louisville, Chamber Com- Louisville Chamber of Commerce, Little Rock, contact me if you need bowl ideas because I, I gave you a couple right there. I mean, you want to you bring tourists in? I'm your guy for the bowl games. It's really all I think about. Maybe. Maybe none will be eliminated. <laughs> maybe maybe they will like like for me it's like the meme it's like he's probably thinking about other girls me i'm thinking about bowl ideas thinking about bowl and neutral side game ideas because i i just oh, I bought think we, i think we know where you need to apply for a job really yeah <laughs> i mean it's really hard like i don't really i don't really know if like how bowls hire people i feel like it's just like about who you know in the industry honestly like i really feel like that's how that's how it is Put you in that industry yeah, the, the, the yeah the the bowl industry the uh, I guess marketing I, I don't know what it is really. We'll spin it, we'll spin it. You know, you're a communications guy. You know, in the military, we'll spin that easy. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's that's down the road for sure. That's that's way down the road. But I just got I just got the uh, the the playing grounds of college football book, which is literally a database of every single field that a football game has been played in the United States from 1869 to 2018. Every single college football game. Like every field you can think of, and I'm just getting ideas, just looking at these fields and looking them up, and just like thinking about it. So uh, that that shows, I guess that kind of shows how how down bad I am right now. But uh, <laughs> I'm down, I'm down uh, stadiumically or or whatever. But we'll see. I don't know. Down, you're down, you're down. The Doug Dimmidome owner of the Dimmidome Dimmidome down bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's have a game in the Dimmidome. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> Uh, I think that covered all of our topics for this time. Uh, Marsha, have any any final remarks? Thank you. Know, it's, a, it's a good conversation. I think we got some exciting stuff on the horizon here in the college football landscape. So we'll just have to give it a few years and see how everything plays out. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I think um, we're kind of we're kind of remiss by not talking about FCS having a, a true playoff system for all these years at 24 teams. But that that's a different discussion, really. Shout out for them. More teams, the better. Yeah, and I love it. Like I this spring, the FCS playoffs were absolutely exciting. Like the stories are great, and now, I'll be sure to. Merge, we just need to merge the two. 
so that they're all under one roof and then we have relegation right in the middle of it. Yeah, that, that's a, that's another huge discussion, which if people were more, more, more uh, soccer conscious, that would really gain footing. But hey, we got the Euro Cup going on right now. Let's go watch a little Euro Cup after this. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to turn it in, um, actually, to, or to turn it on, really. But yeah, uh, a, lot, a lot of exciting things happening. And, you know, hopefully you tune in in the slow drag of offseason. And until next time, peace, love, and soul, everyone.